Hello, and welcome to The Benevolent Disruptor. It's a podcast about disruption. Disruption to your organisation as you seek higher levels of agility, but benevolence where you see kindness as being critical to your change process. In the podcast, we'll talk about getting a agile system to perform whilst reconnecting your people to purpose. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Benevolent Disruptor. My name is Niall McShane and today I'm talking to those that sponsor, lead or are the managers of a large transformation program that relates to ways of working. And I don't know, I sort of feel like I'm picking on executives sometimes when I make these podcasts or write my blog posts, but I'm not really. What I'm trying to do is communicate to these people who are in positions of influence that the role that they play is so critical to the success or failure of these change programs relating to agile or, or, or ways of working more broadly. So everything I say on these podcasts is, is really to try and help, not to criticize or to say people are doing things wrong, but mostly as an exercise in self-awareness uh, so that people who possibly are leading an agile change or agility program for the first time don't have to make the mistakes that I've seen over and over again, where executives are faced with highly complex people, process, system change, and they're really trying to work it out as they go, getting the best advice they can as they proceed forward. So today, in this podcast, I'm going to give you some lessons learned that I call, they're really hurdles They're the things that can get in the way and cause particular problems during a large change program that executives, I think, need to just look out for, be aware of. And once once you're aware of these things, they tend to lose their power over you and your behavior because they're in your consciousness. So that's that's the aim today. That's the spirit with which I'm giving you the information on this podcast today. So hopefully you can take it take it in that vein and see it as a, as a way to be a better leader, a better executive. So I have six things I want to go through today. Um, and they're really, as I said, they're hurdles. But if we can turn these hurdles into opportunities, they then become the pathway to, I suppose, developing new capability as a leader. So sometimes the problems are the pathway. The things that are the most challenging are the way forward for executives as they're learning about what it means to sponsor and lead change in, in large organizations. So let me start. Um, I'm going to tell a lot of stories today from the time I've spent with executives. So a lot of what I'll be conveying to you today will be from my lived experience when I work with uh, and coach and advise executives. Um, through these these large change programs. So when I get a team of execs in a room and I'm briefing them and we're having this conversation around what the program might look like, building a roadmap possibly, 
I stop and I pause and I glance around the room and I, and I, and I say this, I say, the very first team in this organization that takes on the change is the team that's sitting in this room now. And I get a, often I get a mixed reception to that because honestly, executives can get quite used to the change happening out there as opposed to in the executive suite. And the idea that they'll delegate the change to be executed to people who work work for them is perfectly natural given that that's why management exists. The difference, I suppose, with an executive team as part of a change program, as the sponsors of a program, the entire organization is looking at them to, to see if this is real, to see if the change is really going to happen or is it just another program where we get communications and there's lots of uh, messages, but the behavior and the culture really doesn't doesn't shift or change. So I call the executive team team number one, the first team to change. And the, the term of phrase I use is uh, I, I try and make them aware of the shadow that they cast across the organization. So that can be a shadow of opportunity, of progress, continual improvement, uh, of everybody leaning in and co-designing or working through what we need to, to to redesign the culture or the way we work in the organization. Or it can be a different shadow where it's uh, installing a new way of working, which is not, not good practice. So we want to be able to see that first team, team zero or team one, <laughs> the executive team changing how they think, changing more importantly how they behave. Okay, specific behaviors would want to change. So that's often the first hurdle is the executive team think that the change is happening out there. They're unaware of the shadow that they're casting across the organization. And they're unaware that everybody is looking to see if they're going to change before that before everybody else considers uh, changing themselves. Which leads me to my second hurdle that I often see as a pattern for executives. And I call it over-delegation and under-removal of impediments or problems to do with the change. So if you think about it, if an executive team delegate the change out to other people to own and execute, then it sets up this dynamic where they believe people will fix their own problems. Whereas if team, the first team, the executive team are part of the change program and are willing to roll their sleeves up and solve barriers or impediments to progress for the change program, all of a sudden everybody sees that this is a serious undertaking and the executive team is what I call an active set of sponsors as opposed to passively receiving updates about how the change is happening out there. They're actively asking what can we do to remove barriers to progress and are taking actions to go and do something, not just delegate it to other people. Use their organizational power for good to support the change program. So to resolve over delegation and under removal of impediments, uh, I suggest 
that the executive team get quite involved to be at what I call the top of the impediment pathway. So if a team can't solve a problem, it goes up to the team of teams or the next layer of the organisation. And within 72 hours, if they can't solve it, it should go up to the next layer. And then depending on how many levels of management you have, within two or three days, it should be in front of an executive for removal of that problem or impediment. Not by escalation, it just bubbles up naturally. That's what I call an impediment pathway, and it leads to really active sponsorship by the executive team. Something to consider. So the next uh, hurdle or impediment or problem I see that gets in the way of change programs relates to organisational purpose. A sense of here is the reason this organisation exists and what, we, what we're trying to fulfil through all of our activity. Often when, well, recently I was with three executives and we were discussing uh, a change program for a technology division. And we'd been talking for about 45 minutes and I stopped and I looked them all in the eye and I said, look, I'm going to ask you a yes or no question. And I don't do that often because when I'm with executive teams, often I'll be up asking open questions, consultative, you know, trying to deepen the conversation to get underneath the superficialness that <laughs> we have. Um, uh, but, but in this instance, I said, yes or no, do you believe your current way of working will allow you to fulfill your organization's purpose? And that came back with a resounding no. If we do not change the way we work, we're at risk of not fulfilling our purpose. So how is that useful? Well, often change programs to do with agile or agility can get quite dry and operational. It's about the framework, the operating model, uh, the mechanics, if you like, of change. But really, the th people change their behavior because of how they feel. And if we can reconnect everybody in a system that's changing to a higher purpose, to something that matters, it, it could be as simple as helping customers have a better experience when they interact with our organization. If you're a government, it's how can we serve the citizens better? Um, so it doesn't really matter whatever the purpose is that your way of working is enabling fulfillment of, I think it's super critical to bring it into the conversation and keep it in the conversation at all levels of the organization so people understand that the change has a direct impact on the organization's reason for existence. So moving on, moving on, I, I want to talk to, about something that's pretty close to my heart now, uh, and it's this idea of enablement of change or uh, things like coaching services, uh, change management, uh, people who do tooling quite often, tooling solutions to help manage the change what I call change enablement services. And what I, what, the challenge here or the problem or the hurdle to, to managing a, a program of change here is quite often we deploy, especially at the start of a large long change program, we deploy lots of enablement activities. So I'm sure you've all been in change programs where we have pretty flyers and screensavers and different colored t-shirts and lots of coaches running around helping and supporting and enabling everybody. 
And of course, to a degree, that's, that's, that's necessary. The challenge we have sometimes is if it's not matched with strong sponsorship for some of the more difficult parts of the change program, for example, how funds are deployed or how organizational structures are designed or roles and responsibilities, some of these really difficult change uh, aspects of the change. If, if the sponsorship is not there for change in those areas, it doesn't matter how much change communications and coaching and training you do, the change won't stick. So I've called this hurdle over-enablement and under-sponsorship leading to low adoption. And what's really sad about this is, and recently here in Australia, where I'm based, we've had very large teams of coaches and enablement specialists after six to 12 months are exited from the organization when funds get tight and the organization starts expecting results from the change. Now, part of that needs to be owned by the people doing the enablement work. They need to be accountable for impacts and outcomes from their change work. But part of it also has to be owned by the broader organization. Did we set those change enablement specialists and coaches up for success? Did we give them the sponsorship they needed to achieve the enablement outcomes that were expected of them? So something to consider for executives is if you're investing in large coaching and training and education and communication resources, make sure that they are accountable for what they'll be doing. And that should be linked to specific outcomes and change that you're expecting to see in the business itself. They will not change the business. The business needs to change itself. They enable the business to make decisions on how and when they change. So we can't hold enablement teams responsible or accountable for the business changing. The business needs to change themselves. And that's where sponsorship comes in. They need to do everything they can to enable that change, to make it ready to change. So that leads me to um, my second last uh, hurdle, which is, which is declaring victory too early. I mean, large organizational change programs have a few phases. One is, the first is we realize we have to change and we get very excited. Uh, mood is high, motivation's high. I call it the happy clappy phase of organizational change. Everybody's excited. But then we start to understand and appreciate the task at hand and the mood drops. We head down into um, a position where we are sitting at the bottom of a hill looking up going, goodness me, we've got a lot to do. There's lots of resistance. There's so many challenges in this complex organization that we didn't anticipate when we started the journey, but it's looking pretty difficult now, the road uphill to these higher levels of, of organizational performance. Um, so, so there's that, that, that phase in the valley, if you like. And then, then there's the working up the hill towards these new heights. That's the difficult work of change. And, and then we reach new heights. Quite often, if it's a large organization, this is a multi-year undertaking to go from one height down into the, into the valley where we've got the work to do and then work our way up to these new levels of performance I've seen so many organizations mobilize new agile team structures and then start to celebrate that the work is done. 
only to then realize that mobilizing people into new structures is just the start of the journey. But they've declared victory too early. So what I'm the hurdle here is declaring victory too early when you're really barely a third of the way through the change program. The starting and the mobilizing is just just you're just getting going. You've then got to come off the bottom and work your way to new levels of performance before you start to celebrate. So something to look out for. Just because you've mobilized into a change program and achieved some early restructuring success does not mean that you're finished. You're only starting. So that really manifests for executives to continue to fund and sponsor change programs well past when the organization has taken on new structures or new processes. So the last impediment before I wrap up, the last hurdle I see to the work I do with especially, especially busy executives is uh, the, the, the urgent and important um, culture, the, the meetings culture, the busyness culture. Executives are generally are very busy people and a lot of the coaching I do with executive teams is to put in practices to get them above the noise to look down on the system and have a different perspective. So this idea that everything's in the urgent and important quadrant, uh, I think we need to challenge that. And, and as we set up ways of working and, and we're governing a change program or even setting up new ways to govern, it's, it's very critical executives understand that being busy is, is an indicator of dysfunction, not performance. And having slack in their week to get perspective, to look down across a portfolio, to go and walk the floor, to receive some um, external coaching support and advice, to give them a different perspective. I've seen, unfortunately, change programs fail because the sponsoring execs were so busy running around across the organization all the time, they did not see these bigger impediments, these bigger hurdles um, that were coming up on the horizon. So look, I'm, I'm hoping all of that is really useful. I'll recap these briefly for you. Our impediments or hurdles or opportunities for, for executives in terms of their development are understanding and appreciating that the executive team is the first team to change, both in the way they behave and the way they think. That then models to everybody else that the change is real. Over-delegation and under-removal of impediments. That's going to be a real challenge uh, to progress your change program if the executive team think the change is happening out there and they delegate it out. So active sponsorship is the key there. Disconnecting from purpose. So making sure that the way of working is achieving and fulfilling the purpose of the organization. It really creates a strong why behind the change. Declaring victory too early. Understand that mobilizing for change is just the start of the journey. And there's a long tail where we need to sponsor and actively support the change program. Urgent and important instead of uh, focusing on those strategic issues, getting stuck in busyness. It can be a real problem. It's something to watch out for. Whoops, I just missed one. It's being uh, focusing on over-enabling but under-adopting um, or under-sponsoring. So it's okay to get coaches and change agents and uh, 
trainers out there teaching and helping people, but we need to solve the difficult design problems around funding, org design, uh, roles, responsibilities to ensure that all that enablement work allows the business to then change because only the business can change. Hopefully that was useful. My name is Niall McShane. I am the principal coach at sourceagility.com.au so you can check out our website if you want to learn more. Thank you for listening and